I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle, the podcast from the Sunday Times Star that's all about phenomenal female founders. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, hang on a minute, that doesn't sound like Scarlett, you are not wrong. I'm Laura Jackson, and I'm going to be looking after the show this series while Scarlett takes some time off for a very important job, becoming a mum for the first time. But there's one thing that you can guarantee will still be here in this series, and that's a load of advice-filled conversations with some truly inspirational female entrepreneurs. You can subscribe to the podcast now via your normal podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And trust me, you won't want to. I am so excited to be filling in for Scarlett. I'm actually setting up a side hustle myself while struggling another job and a family. So I'm well accustomed to the side hustle bustle. More hours in the day, please. I'm going to be soaking up all the extra helpful advice I can get from these awesome businesswomen like this. The minute you've got a partner in crime, suddenly everything feels doable and suddenly you're not just one crazy person, <laughs> you're, you're two. You know, I didn't want to come to when I was 60 and having saved up all this money and been like, okay, now's my time. You know, the time is now. Ignore your parents <laughs> if they say don't do it. <laughs> We're kicking off this series in style with Borrow My Doggy founder, Rika Rosalind. Originally from Denmark, she spent years working in the corporate world of finance before setting up her own company. And what a company. I really enjoyed chatting with Rika, who had so much helpful advice to share about setting up your own business. But don't just take my word for it, take hers. Here's Borrow My Doggy founder, Rika Rosalind. Hi, Rika. How are you? Hi. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. I am so excited to talk to you. I am a huge fan of your app, Borrow My Doggy. Um, for anybody who has been living under a rock for the last, I don't know how long, and doesn't know about Borrow My Doggy, can you explain what it is? So Borrow My Doggy, it's an online platform that connects dog owners with local borrowers for walk weekends and holiday care. And so the way it works is people sign up, they create a profile, they write a little bit about themselves or their dog, and then they um, go into our platform and search for members in their local neighborhoods. They message each other and then they meet and greet, just like you do with a dog sitter, babysitter. So it's really all about getting to know people in your local neighborhood and get some dog love or get some help with taking care of your dogs. And how, how does it make money? 
So we have an annual subscription model. So people who borrow dogs, they pay $12.99 per year. So it's about a pound per month. And people who own dogs, they pay $44.99 per year. So it's just below four pounds a month. I mean, it is an amazing idea, just linking up people who have dogs and people who want to have dogs, but don't really want to have dogs, who want to borrow dogs. Where did the idea come from? And, and when did you think of the idea? I bought a very cute brown Labrador called Eston back in 2012. And we spent the entire day together. And I just remember thinking, why are people spending so much money on dog walkers or kennels or leaving their dog home alone when I would love to take care of a dog for free? And I thought there should be a website connecting people like me with local dog owners. And then, yeah, what happened next was I told one of my friends about the idea and he told me that 60 to 70% of startup companies go bust in three to four years. I think it's 90% in 10 years. So he said to me, um, you should really go to this startup weekend to test the concept before you kind of quit your corporate job and, and you know, become a poor entrepreneur. So went to the startup weekends, we built a landing page in a couple of hours um, and, and put up posters around Hampstead Heath. And then within three days, we had 85 people signed up. And it was literally everything from an old man down in Cornwall who just had an operation needing help with taking his dog for long walks. There was lots of students and young professionals um, who were missing their, their dogs at home, having grown up around dogs. And then there was a family with a little girl who was begging for a dog, but she was still scared of them. And the family didn't want to get a dog to maybe have to give it up because that wouldn't obviously be fair to the dog. And when I read that, I just started crying and I thought, oh my God, not another little girl without a dog because I always wanted a dog growing up. And then I thought <laughs> we really have to do this. So then I started manually matching people and, and yeah, that's the start of it. I use the app and I am a huge Borrow My Doggy fan. I have a dog called Barry oh. and he is a really lovely whippet and he is nine. He's more needy than both of my children put together. And when I was pregnant and had the dog, had my one-year-old, it was quite full on and my husband works away. So we joined the app and we have met the most amazing woman who lives around the corner who we never ever would have would have met if we hadn't have been on Borrow My Doggy. And she is amazing. And we've become really great friends. And she looks after Barry all the time and she loves him. She's got three grown up children. So she kind of sees Barry as this new, wonderful little thing to look after. Um, and Barry absolutely loves her. We call, we call her Barry's girlfriend. And now her daughter babysits for us. And we, it, and we kind of have become really lovely friends. And that is all because of Borrow My Doggy. Oh, that's so lovely to hear. Yeah, and we have a lot of people, our members, lovely members similar to you where they have signed up because somebody, you know, the owner might just have had a baby. And then across the street, you have somebody who used to own dogs and would love to spend some time with a dog and everyone benefits. So one family gets that happy dog time without the full-time commitment. And then the other family obviously gets some help with taking care of, of their dog. And the dogs are the biggest winners because they get more walks and love and attention. They go new places, new smells, new games. So we get a lot of feedback too on 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 the fact that a lot of owners feel that their dogs are just happier because they have an increased circle of friends around them. Just going back to the beginning of the story there, you talked about a startup weekend. So, I mean, what is a startup weekend and does that still exist? 
Oh, yes, there's lots of startup weekends out there. So the whole idea is to test your idea before um, you build something, because we all have ideas. Um, and very often, if we discuss them with our friends and family, they, our friends and family really want to encourage us to do things. So very often, they tell us whatever ideas we have are fantastic ideas. But that might not necessarily mean that it can scale outside of our friends and family. So it's really the concept of going and testing a concept on people you don't know by starting just to build a minimal valuable proposition. The thinking is, how can you build the minimal you know, kind of product and start testing if people want to sign up before you actually kind of engage a lot of time and effort? And it's quite interesting. There was... Um, there were some guys in the, on that startup weekend, it was two guys who spent a year on building out something. And then they literally just spent kind of that weekend, you know, testing the concept with kind of real customers that they didn't know. And, and literally they found out that nobody wanted what they were building, even though they had gotten plenty of encouragements from their friends and family. I'm sure I don't need to tell you that that wasn't the case for Bora My Doggy, which went down an absolute storm at the startup weekend. But I wanted to know, was starting her own business always something on the cards for Rika? I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So my parents are entrepreneurs. My sister works with them. And so I have grown up in that environment. I also know that you know, you have good and bad years as a result of it. You know, I've seen my parents have really brilliant years and those years, the Christmas presents were a bit bigger and they've also seen them go through really, really tough times. But I, I love the way that they always connected work with home. So the, the company when I was, just, when I was small was in the basement of the house. So we would always have, you know, my dad's first employee, he was kind of like my uncle. So he always came up for, for, <laughs> for dinner, you know, I said the suppliers came up for dinner, you know, and then we went to trips was, was always business trip with my parents. So, you know, we would go to the U S we would go to Disneyland one day, and then we would go into, you know, customer suppliers office the next day. So I think I've loved the entrepreneur lifestyle and I've grown up around it. So yes, this is something I've always wanted to do. And what did your parents instill in you for you to become an entrepreneur yourself? What traits? They always have been very encouraging of me taking initiatives and walking the, the unwalked path sometimes. And it has been in any parts of life. So, you know, I went to university in Mexico. I went to university in, in Paris. I decided to go backpacking around Central South America. And I stayed in Panama and helped set up a company there. I've done a lot of kind of what you would probably consider a little bit unusual. Um, I did that disaster relief work, delivering aid after earthquake tsunami. So every single time I come up with an idea, my parents says, mm, you know, if you feel it's the right thing, then you should just go for it. And then they've taught me the worst thing that can happen is, you fall and then you just have to learn how to stand up again and very often you can go back to what you did before if it doesn't work out absolutely i feel like failures are just as important as success because we take such learnings from them i'm really jealous i would love to go to um university in mexico um so the show is called secrets of the side hustle um so we obviously need to talk about the fact that you had a full-time job when you started borrow my doggy how did you time manage that it was definitely challenging. I got up very early in the morning. So I would get up at like five, six in the morning. I would put a few hours of work in and borrow my doggy before going to work um, on my other job. And then I would use my lunch 
to, you know, just get another half an hour of work in. And then after work, I would go home and I would literally work until midnight. And then obviously weekends, days off, everything was spent on board my doggy. So my social life was pretty non-existent. And, but it's the whole thing is if you, if you've started something that you care about so much and you really wanted to succeed, then you end up just spending a lot of time and effort on it. Um, and you just prioritize it, you know, over perhaps other things in life that you felt were more important previously. So I, I did have, you know, a good amount of time where I just, I just worked. When you're, I feel like when you're passionate about something, it doesn't feel like work. When you really love something, you're so invested in it that it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel awful. It's like, you're not down the mine digging coal. You're working on something that's your baby that you love and you're so passionate about and you want to share that with other people. And that's kind of exciting. Well, I've seen that with my parents all along. So my dad, and given he became an entrepreneur in his, what was probably early twenties, and literally his work is his hobby. You know, the people he worked with, they also have an interest in common. So they love going out for dinner and like discussing like the latest new products. And so I think, you know, I fully agree with you. It's your passion can be your hobby and can be your work. So you don't see it as work because it's just something that you just love getting involved in. Mm, and it's like surrounding yourself with the right people. Like you're saying about your dad, someone that you've got something in common with and that you want to go for dinner with. It's just building that team around you. I mean, sometimes it's too much for people because it becomes a lifestyle rather than a job, right? Yes. It's not for everyone. That's for sure. Um, some people prefer, you know, a, a different lifestyle because you also don't switch off the same mm. way um, that you probably do when you have more of what I would call classical nine to nine to six job. I must admit, though, I, I do love to entrepreneur events. I'm, I'm part of several different entrepreneur groups, and I do love the buzz and the energy. And whether we are discussing, you know, different suppliers or fundraising or, you know, everything just happening in the tech world, I just find it intriguing. I love the energy. You can get full digital access to The Times and The Sunny Times. And right now it's free for the first month. Hooray! Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash secrets of the side hustle to subscribe today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like Rika says, the entrepreneur lifestyle isn't for everybody. But if you're excited rather than put off by the thought of being your own boss, here's a couple of tips from Rika to get you on your way. I think it's important to do market research first. Um, as we went to the lean startup machine, like a startup weekend, just understands what you're building and what problem you're solving. It's also important in my books um, to do things that you're passionate about because it's something that you literally will spend such an incredible amount of your life and hours on to do something that you really care about so that when the, the going gets tough, you keep on going and you don't just give up. Was there a point when you were kind of, this is the light bulb moment of me leaving my full-time job and, and continuing with borrow my doggy. Can you remember when that moment was? I remember I once read an article about, it was a woman who became an entrepreneur. And the question in that article was, you know, when did you know that you had to make this happen? And the woman wrote, it's like standing on a cliff and you just know you have to jump, even though you don't know what's on the other side, but you will never forgive yourself if you don't do it. And for me, becoming an entrepreneur, that was exactly it. I mean, I told you I did disaster relief in the past. Um, mm-hmm. And I come from a family where my parents really believe in you should, you should you know, get engaged in, with your with community and, and, and do good. Um, and for me, when I've read all the first member stories about, you know, the old man who needed help, about the kid that was longing for a dog, about the the kind of students and young professional who were really missing their dogs at home. And I could just see all the good we could do both for people and for dogs. And it was something I think I would never forgive in myself if we haven't done. So it was hard. It was exhausting. Um, but yeah, I definitely remember it was reading that article where I just thought I have to do this because I would never, I would never forget it or give, forgive myself if I haven't done it. And I believe the things we, we regret the most are the things we don't do. Absolutely. Well, I mean, what year was it when you left your full-time job? It was in 2013. So, so it was only a year after you started, you were like, let's do this. It was about nine months later. Literally, you gave birth to your startup baby, nine months, <laughs> pregnant. Yeah, 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 something along those lines. We like to make sure that this show is full of helpful advice. So here's Rika on one of the hardest aspects of setting up your own business, raising cash. Fundraising is difficult, um, especially if you're a first-time entrepreneur and also the statistics for female founders of raising funding are not great. If you look at the percentage of money raised by female founders versus male founders, um, female founders you know, raise much less compared to male founders. That being said, I really believe in just doing everything you can. And f- for me, that meant I spoke with everyone around me who, who had access to potential funding. I applied for angel groups, you know, to go and pitch for angel groups. 
I pitched at my school. So I did an MBA in SEAD. So I pitched there. I literally spoke with everyone and their mother to try to get funding. And the moment you speak with one investor, maybe it's not for him, but maybe he can introduce you to some other people. Yeah. So it's literally been just reaching out to as many people as possible and then trying to get leads from the people you speak with of if they're not interested, if they might know somebody who is interested. Because some people, you know, are actually more specialist in something like the sharing economy. Some people are more specialist in specific e-commerce. So it's also really understanding the kind of the, the appetite of the investor. Before starting out, um, I think it's important to do your groundwork. So for instance, there's these things called SEIS and EIS, which is tax breaks for investors. Make sure your company is set up so that the investors can get SEIS and EIS if it is that you're going after angel funding. Mm -hmm. And so it's about doing your homework, but also just keep on going. Um, I remember, I think it was um, a Google panel I was on once, and there was another female founder on that panel. And I think she said that the, her success rate was 5%. And so when it, given that every single time she spoke with 100 investors, 95% would turn her down. And her husband was a successful entrepreneur who had made literally millions and millions for various different investors. So she already had a really good network to begin with. Wow. Um, yeah, so it, it can be hard. But it's all about finding those right investors and keep on going and being part of entrepreneur groups and entrepreneurs love helping each other because we all know the more we help each other, the more entrepreneurs will make it. So we have both angel investors who've invested directly into Bore My Doggy. And then we've also taken investments in via via um, a kind of an kind of investment fund where they- For anybody listening though, what is an, what's an angel investor? What does that mean? An angel investor is somebody who- individually invest in you. So you meet up with somebody who has capital and they're happy to put the money into your company um, and he can do that directly. So hence it's a kind of agreement you sign directly with a person. We have an investment fund involved too um, where they have lots of investors involved, but we have signed an agreement with them and then they manage all the investors. So we have no direct um, contact with the investors. So when you've got angel investment, do you feel accountable for every pound spent? Yes, you, you feel very responsible for the money you spent. And also, you know, there's a lot of people along the way whose time and effort that you also feel really accountable because every single time you ask somebody for help, you're also spending their time. So yes, money, time, effort, you really feel accountable to a lot of people around you and all the people who signed up to your website. You know, they have put a lot of time and effort into signing mm. up and believing in your product. So there's a lot of people you feel accountable to. <laughs> when you went for your first round of investment, then what did you spend that money on? Tech. Tech and hiring our first employees. And then, so if you are an investor and they've invested in Borrow My Doggy, what, I mean, what do they get in return for that? Apart from obviously a free membership. <laughs> equity. So obviously they get equity in the business. And then if, if it is that it's SEIS and EIS, they also will get some tax breaks. And is outside investment, is that something that you'd recommend to other startups? If you have the money yourself, which most of us don't, then you know some people don't take in investors until much later on in the journey. 
Um, so I think it's good to wait if you can. Um, at the other hand, you know, if it is that you need to hire tech people and you don't have funding, then I think it's great to take investors in. And also, if you find the right investors, you know, they can really help you grow too. So we have some of our investors have been incredibly helpful. They provided, you know, office space as we were early stages. They provided us with you know, advice on how to scale tech companies. So several of our investors are tech entrepreneurs. So they have been able to help us whenever we've had issues, you know, along the way and very much so from a marketing perspective. So I've been incredibly appreciative along the way of all the help and support we've gotten um, from our investors. So, but obviously, you know, the requirement is that you find investors who are relevant to your business. Absolutely. So you're saying if you are looking for investment, it's best to find somebody that can not just give you monetary investment, but also knowledge in your field. Yeah. It's like when you hire team members. So team members, they, they help you get different skills aboard. Investors, they can help you with funding, but they can also help you get help you with different skills and advice along the way. So it's kind of mentors, I see, or coaches who have an invested interest in the business um, because they're also part owners. Do you think actually talking about mentors, do you think having a mentor is something that is really important when you're an entrepreneur? Yes, very much so. And I feel you should not just have one mentor you should have lots of different mentors so people who can help you out with different things another thing that i haven't mentioned is and um, we joined seat camp early days which is a an early states investor it's europe's and um, biggest early states investor and they have been absolutely fantastic in helping us too and they have lawyers they have you know have people who have a lot of experience with fundraising etc too plus they have over 300 companies in their portfolio so the companies help each other too so this kind of like a peer-to-peer network that they have built out too so i feel it's important to get investors but also find investors that even sometimes have these networks and expertise on board who can really help you where would somebody find a mentor? Say you've got a really amazing idea, but you don't live in London. You don't have access to a network of entrepreneurs. How do you find somebody who could be your mentor? So even though you're not in London, there is a lot of um, startup activities taking place. And a lot of them, you actually end up having breakout sessions at the end where you end up getting put into different groups of people. But also there are literally tech hubs all across the UK that you can join. Let's talk about Borrow My Doggy today. How has the business changed since you've launched? It's bigger. <laughs> it's also a known brand now. Um, and we just, just have the loveliest community. How many users do you have now? So we have over 1 million members across the UK and Ireland. Um, and we literally have members in 99% of postcodes now. When we started, wow. a lot of people said, I would never hand over my dog to a stranger. And it was quite interesting. One of our investors, he's also um, the guy who essentially set up match.com. And he said to me, he said to me, whenever they started out, he said, people were afraid of using online dating because they didn't want to meet a stranger, you know, via website. And clearly we can see that how that has changed, right? Now I think that's where the majority of people actually meet each other. So um, so it was the same with Borrow My Dog to begin with. A lot of people were very hesitant whether it was a good idea and, and this whole thing of meeting um, people online. And for us, it's of my view is like you meet people all the time, like whether it's university or, you know, I don't know, via your kids, et cetera. And 
you should go and meet people. You should get to know them well. You should do, you know, pre-COVID house visits, but go for go together for walks in a local park, make friends. And at that point, once you're friends, then that person should be, you know, could be taking care of your, your dog if you're both comfortable with it. So for me, what we're doing, it's really all about getting to know each other well in, in local neighborhoods. Now we all know what the past year has been like. Some businesses have thrived and quickly adapted to the new normal, while others have understandably struggled. With more than 3 million new pets bought in the UK during the pandemic, did Borrow My Doggy see an impact? Yes, very much so. Um, At the beginning of um, COVID, um, what we did was we told our members to please stop using the website because you shouldn't meet somebody else from another household. For me as an entrepreneur, that was a difficult moment. And, but what we saw was actually our community really coming together. They started to deliver food for each other, medication for each other. You know, some owners had to self-isolate. And what they did was they um, they handed over their dog to the borrower so that they could self-isolate. And it was just so lovely to see our community come together. After that, we saw a lot of people wanting to borrow dogs because partially because of wanting to get exercise, want to get out and about. But also, you know, some people really struggling with loneliness and depression and anxiety and dogs do wonders to help people. So we've saw a lot of bars signing up. And then um, after the lockdowns, and um, we've seen a lot of owners signing up too. Also, because a lot of dogs haven't been socialized, you know, people now have to go back to the office. So a lot of owners could really need some help with taking care of their, their dogs. And we, for us, it's great because more borrowers get happy dog time and owners get help and dogs really benefit. So it's really a win-win or woof-woof, as we call it. Absolutely. And we have had so many messages recently of people wanting to borrow our dog in the local area. As an owner user, it's it, it we've we've noticed the difference about you know the amount of messages. And like you say, it, it really having a dog going for walks really contributes to having good mental health. And we know that. And you know, dogs are great listeners, great listeners. And I love by you lending out your dog, you're making somebody else happy. So borrowers help owners, but you also as an owner, you make someone happy by lending out your dog and, and, and help the person. So I think that's absolutely wonderful. So thank you. No, not at all. I, community is really at the heart of, of, of what you've created. And that's very, very, very hard to do. And you've absolutely smashed it out of the park. Um, okay, so on each episode of Secrets of the Side Hustle, we ask our guests to throw forward a question to the next one. Obviously, because this is the first show back, we don't have a question for you, but we would love you to give us one for our next female founder. So my question would be, how do you motivate your team and how do you motivate yourself? My time is almost up with Rika. I've absolutely loved learning about her entrepreneur journey. Now I've just got one last question. What does the future look like for Borrow My Doggy? More happy dogs and people. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. It's been so lovely to meet you. Rika is an inspiration. It's been so great to hear how Borrow My Doggy became such a success and all the positive impact it's made for both dog owners and borrowers. You can find out more and sign up at borrowmydoggy.com and the Instagram is just borrowmydoggy if you want to follow them on there. We'll put both of these links in the episode description too. 
forget, you can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do it on whatever podcast app you normally use. That's it for this episode. Join me next time where I sit down with Bespoke Binny founder, Nasli Manina. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.